Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right. So the legislature back in session yesterday. Legislature back in session, question period. And as we expected, the BC housing audit that the government received oh, two weeks ago now and their government is not yet released it, although they did admit last week that it exists. Um, So question period, that's the big topic for the day. Let's see. The Liberals demanded they release it now. No surprise. The government said, you know, we'd like to. We'd really like to give this audit to the public because it's very important. It's an audit of BC Housing, the big social services agency. It spends hundreds of millions of dollars a year, and we'd really like to give it to the public, but we, you know, we just can't. We just can't. We're having to have the lawyers look over it and see if there's anything we should take out before we give it to the public. So it's being vetted and edited, and uh, the government just, uh, no way, you're not getting it today. Well, okay, but we and we went through this yesterday with Ravi Kalon, the housing minister, too. There doesn't seem to be a firm timeline on this. Well, you know, it's very interesting, Simi. You got a timeline out of him. Uh, I mean, he's well, reluctant. <laughs> well, he's reluctant to, to this. The first time he's even suggested there's a target date for getting this report into the hands of the public. He says he would like to be able to release it within the month. So let's be generous and say March is almost over. So he would like to release it to the public by the end of April. If he actually manages to do that or is willing to do that or figures out a way to not have to do that, um, there's still two weeks left in the spring legislature session, which means the opposition could have a good go at the government on this. The opposition has been trying, Simi, to get the government to agree to send this report to the Public Accounts Committee of the legislature, where it could be scrutinized in some detail. Government won't go for that, right? They're just, they're going to release it. But no, I'm going to hang on to what he said to you yesterday, because that's the closest thing we have to a timeline. And if they don't deliver on that schedule, we can assume they found out some way to hold it back until the legislature adjourns on May the 11th. I just feel like there were so many caveats in what he was saying even yesterday. Oh, well, if this, and I thought, well, if one person objects to them being named in this report, that's it. You know, that is the real problem here. And the real problem is why they're holding it back. So they claim that their legal advice is you've got this big report looking at how BC Housing spent hundreds of millions of dollars over a a period of seven years, whether or not the money was actually spent for the intended purposes, whether there were any losses. And there's a hint, well, not more than a hint, there's some passages blacked out in 
the terms of reference that were given to the news media that indicate there is that BC Housing's relationship with one particular society, housing society, on the downtown east side is being scrutinized in detail. So yes, what they say is their legal advice is if any entities, so individuals or organizations, is na- are named in the report, that the government has to show the report to the people that are named or the organizations that are named and give them a chance to respond. What they haven't said is, what if those individuals or organizations yeah. don't like what's said about them? Uh-huh. Does that mean those passages are out or that those passages in the report are blanked out? Um, and that was the other thing that was on display in terms of the debate and question period yesterday, because the liberals got up and they quoted from the province's access to information legislation, and they said, you can release it. You do not have to hold it back. Uh, that you your your whole suggestion that the people that are criticized in the report can veto the report is just not the case. The government can release the the report. So there's a real debate going on behind the scenes here and a suspicion that the government, which Simi, as we know, for almost a year now has been holding back what it's doing with BC Housing at the behest of David Eby, is in no rush to get this report out, never mind what they said in the House yesterday. Well, we're going to be definitely keeping an eye on that one. But let's also talk about BC Ferries this morning, because I was talking about this with John Strait early. You go on their website right now, they have 500 jobs open. Yeah, no, I was I was listening to the global coverage about all the cancellations on the weekend, what, 14 sailings cancelled, and a huge staff shortage, and... I, I had a little sense of deja vu. Didn't we do this story last year? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I had to look back in the files to make sure. But yes, we did. So this time last year, the New Democrats bought, brought in and enacted legislation to take back control of BC Ferries. They said they had to do that because BC Ferries was too independent and they weren't considering the traveling public and they weren't considering the voters and they didn't quite say that but they weren't considering the voters in a bunch of NDP ridings that depend on ferry services and they took back control of the ferries and then last July so hmm, eight months ago now they fired the CEO of the ferries paid massive severance over a million dollars in severance and that was going to fix everything. You know, all the NDP supporters lined up and they said, well, this is what needs to happen. And by George, we're not going to put up with this anymore. So, like, what changed? They knew there was a huge shortage of ferry workers. That was one of the things they'd known for a while. They knew they were being forced to cancel sailings because, um, because largely um, they, they didn't have the workers to staff the ferries. And they were taking charge of it and getting rid of a CEO they didn't like because he defended the Ferry Workers Union, and they were going to fix it all. And here we are, the same story again, almost a year later, and I'm going like, you know, this is becoming a pattern. They announce grandly they're going to fix things, and it doesn't fix things, and a year later, we're doing the same story. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of progress, even though they they knew this was coming. 
they, they well, yeah. see all these job openings. Yeah, and they also like strongly suggested that the problem was the CEO. That's why the CEO had to go. And, you know, the rumbling around here was that the CEO's major offense was that he had offended and been insensitive in his dealings with the ferry workers union, that he didn't. Hard to believe he would be that naive not to realize that how the important NDP that is. Intimate yeah. relationship with unions, but in any event, they, he had to go. But they covered themselves by saying, "No, no, no, no." You know, this this has to happen because now we're going to get action at the ferries. They put a former NDP cabinet minister, Joy McPhail, in, installed her as chief of the board, as chair of the board. Her first action was to fire the CEO. That, like, there was no second chances or anything. He was out the door because that's what the government wanted. The legislation was passed to take control of the ferries. So at what point does the government go, well, everything we've done so far didn't really work, so now we're going to have to do it all over again because that looks like where we're headed now. So there doesn't seem to be any progress on that front. I would say not much evidence. The grumbling continues. Uh, the same, uh, the same themes. Uh, you know, ferries are canceled. People need the ferries. Ferries is part of the are part of the highway system. Uh, the government did deliver a half a billion dollar bailout to the ferries, so maybe that money will make a difference. Although, again, I think the question we ask with all of these bailouts is, when the money runs out. Are they going to need another bailout? Because the money is going to BC Ferries to fix problems, but they've made it quite clear that you cannot raise fares. So, okay, that's ruled out. Well, if you're bailing them out, they shouldn't be raising fares. But um, will this be enough to attract the workforce they need for the future? And I don't think we know the answer to that. And, of course, the ferry fleet also needs significant upgrading. There are a bunch of still aging ferries that need to be replaced. Uh, the New Democrats don't much like the fact that BC Ferries, under the previous CEO, was building the ferries overseas and in other places where it's cheaper to build ferries. They'd like to bring the ferry construction back to BC that's not going to save money. It's going to be more expensive to do it that way. So I say it's an open question whether anything the government has done so far is going to fix anything other than the friendly relationship between the Ferry Workers Union and the Premier's office. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye.